2: The following interview was conducted on December 9, 2014, two days before the world premiere of The Interview in Los Angeles. A week later, amid threats from hackers that involved a 9-11 threat-level catastrophe, many theaters pulled out of showing the film. Sony then announced on December 23 that the film would have a limited release on Christmas Day, alongside its immediate release on
1: multiple streaming platforms.
3: I feel like if they see the movie maybe they would realize that it's not such a big deal.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Rocco and I'm here with James Franco, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They're the principals behind a new movie called The Interview in which two television journalists interview Kim Jong Un and try to kill him. What the fuck? have you guys done to the
3: world? I don't know. Not definitively anything. (laughs) Uh, Maybe nothing. Uh, We just wanted to... I mean, what's so funny is, like, when you watch the movie, it's just such a silly... Like, we wanted to make a, a really funny comedy, and we thought... You know we've learned from experience that the more you root movies in the world that the viewer themselves is in and the more they're able to bring their own feelings and experiences to the movies when it starts um it's been something we've found to be very effective and a fun tool and so we thought of this idea about guys who were kind of enlisted to kill a dictator and we started reading about north korea and kim jong-un and we thought oh that Maybe that's the dictator to to kill. Yeah, basically, I mean, this was before
2: it kind of caught into the zeitgeist and became a big thing. Like yeah. this was pre Kim Jong Un, pre Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Kim Jong Il. It was a long time ago for us.
1: Yeah. So what? So around what year did you guys first? Get this idea. It was before. This is the end. like five years ago. Yeah, it was five, like five that, or six four years or five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. And yeah. then I
2: think what happened is we made this is the end, and we played with reality and yeah. having people play themselves, and this was kind of like a logical progression. Yeah. Right. That was still a question on this is the end if if we would
4: even play ourselves, right? Yeah. But then, obviously, I hope people don't think that's like actually what we're really like. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? But there's stuff that's sort of based on us and it and it like seth was saying kind of roots grounds the emotion of it yeah
3: and i think kim jong-un in this movie is probably as much like kim jong-un yeah. as
1: we are ourselves yeah. i mean or yeah. or or, or oh, i mean who knows right. <laughs> yeah. an, an approximation of least yeah. I And mean, it's interesting when you talk about the reality where north korea might be the most uh surreal place in the in the world at least in terms of what we see from the outside and the a few people who have gone in and done reports, Vice has done a few, Um, how was it creating that world? I mean, how much realism did you want in the backdrop? Obviously the plots, um, interestingly um, executed, (laughs) (laughs) to use a pun. I mean,
2: visually we put a lot of effort into making sure it looked as close to what we knew it to be from all the documentaries we watched. And Mostly that, from your documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really all we had was documentaries and photos and a few first-hand accounts. And they all seem to corroborate the same story, which is this bizarre, kind of bleak-looking place that has extreme pops of strange colors and tons of murals. Yeah, lots of kind of- Lots of pictures of the Yeah, lots tweeters. of pictures
3: of the leader, you know. Um, yeah, and we, we, as much as possible, tried to make the parts set in Pyongyang look like what we, were able to surmise it, it looked like. But a lot of the movie takes place, that is why a lot of the movie takes place in like this fortress outside of the main city, because it gave us a lot more creative <laughs> license to kind of do whatever we wanted and make it look however we wanted. The movie's a lot, it's mostly all visual effects. Uh, yeah. A lot of it is built in post. It's a lot of us standing in front of green screens. We basically
2: built a, a digital North Korea. Um, and that sounds scary. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it was all in reaction to being stuck in one house for a, almost an entire movie with this Is the end.
0: We yeah, just we like, wanted, wanted to, to like
2: bust free. There's one part in the movie that is definitely the stupidest part of the whole film when we just cut to a military base for no reason. Because we just wanted
1: to show a military base, we well, wanted yeah. to like in a Michael Bay a Yeah, we thought that Michael Bay would do that. And on the other side of things, you're playing a TV journalist, his producer. This is the biggest interview since Frosty Nixon.
3: Frosty Nixon?
1: I mean, in ten years, Ron Howard's gonna make a
4: movie out of this. We do this. We can interview any president on the planet, and then you can ask him the real questions. This is like eating our vegetables.
1: Once you eat those. Can you get to eat the steak? What kind of research did you do for that? Because it's almost like some of those segments I feel like could be on on regular TV if if you're, you know, weren't such a big movie star, people would buy it. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah.
4: I mean, um, that that's the side of it that people maybe aren't talking about as much is that you know this is a satire, but it's. Equally, you know, a satire of um, American celebrity culture and gossip journalism as it is of anything else. And um, so for this character, I think in the writing of it and then you know the the performing of it and the and the directing of it, it, it all sort of we're all kind of familiar with you know being interviewed, where you know, we understand what you know, it's like to be gossiped about. And, um, and so for me, it was really a guy that, just finding that guy who loves gossip. And, but it's, <laughs> it, but, it's, it's, it, but it's because, but that kind of adds up to, well, because that's what people want to read about. Like that's, you know, that's how I'm gonna get attention. Guys, guys. Some pictures just came out where it looks like McConaughey's fucking a goat. Ooh. McConaughey goat fuck. McConaughey goat fuck. Get him, get him, get the goat! Get the goat! When
3: I watch TMT, yeah, those yeah. fucking people in that yeah. fucking room... Yeah, sort of those, like that. Like, those are the people that I'm like, they, like, truly seem to think that this is like god's fucking work that they're doing basically like that and that like it is their responsibility as people who work at tmz it it, it, a very serious responsibility to bring people shit right. and shove it into their faces, right. and like that—it's like that was one of the things I think that like like they see—they're so happy when something's bad, and they, they there's like no sense of like should we be sensitive towards this? Is this in any way wrong of us to be discussing? And someone's personal life—it's a tragedy. It's someone trying to have a special moment. Is there any sense that we're perverting it or ruining? It and the, like you, I feel like you look them deep in the eye, and there's zero fucking sense that what they're doing is like in any way sort of like you. Crossed detrimental. The line. You to, murdered. Yeah.
4: You murdered one person, then it's like, oh, it's so much easier to murder the next. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's an extreme analogy, but <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> or like I had a a friend, um, a young friend who worked who was at the Harvard Lampoon. And then the poor guy out of college could only get a job at TMZ and they got this photo of me somebody some, one of my fellow Columbia students took a photo of me sleeping in this lecture <laughs> and TMZ got it and gave it to TMZ and he, my friend told me like that was like the, the ultimate moment that was like, just like deep off. throat. Yeah. We got deep throat. Like
2: <laughs> not so stupid <studious laughs> now, was that like? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was like Snowden. Like yeah. To them.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: We like, got James Franco sleeping in class. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is going everywhere. Yeah. It's it's so crazy.
1: Well, and that's interesting because I feel like if you were to put if you were to put like Harvey Levine in this in this scenario, I don't think um, whatever's going on in there that sounds borderline sociopathic on from your point of view, which I would agree with, would he save the world? Probably not. If he thought it would help his show, That's true, actually.
3: Which is kind of why he agrees to do it. It seems like, yeah, I mean, I think, I honestly think, yeah, if he thought it would in any way perpetuate his company and his stature, then probably. But I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) I've never met the guy. There's an element of,
1: of the naivety of the character, of your character, which, on the tail end where he gets Kim Jong-un to admit that he has a butthole in peas, um, that's the kind of secret that cracks, you know, the the great leader. I, I just don't think Harvey Levine would have the acumen.
4: Exactly. You have to secure the payload.
2: What do I do with it? What do I do with it? There are people coming. Where the fuck do I hide it? What if you hide it in your butt?
3: I don't want to stick it in my ass. You got to put it in your butt right now.
2: It's a little big to stick up my
0: ass. They are closing in on you.
1: The package is secure. Um, but there is a couple of very interesting things. I mean, this is uh, seems to have like quite a long gestation period. I mean, over um, the course of the, the father dying and the son taking over. So I imagine some changes had to be made to the script yeah. at that point. However, even within the movie, I mean, the release date was pushed. Um, probably for many reasons, but I know there was um, specifically something with buttons, I believe, yeah. um, that had to be digitally altered. Oh, that
2: wasn't why we pushed. Okay. We, we pushed for one reason only, which is we had a better date oh, on good. Christmas okay. that was yeah. available good, good. to us. The buttons good. thing came down to people have all these suspicious theories as to what's going on, and it's literally a legal clearance issue. Yeah. We couldn't clear the images from the artists because they're in North Korea, and we couldn't get to them. So we had to change 400... Buttons, yeah.
1: And the buttons have, some, have someone else's face. Kim jong now, uh, now it's just a, just a slightly image. amalgamated version yeah. of Kim jong <laughs> <laughs> of,
3: it, 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 it's,
1: Wait, you were worried about the rights of
3: the artist? Uh, it, is, it does exist in like a murky legal territory at times because like that, you know, the sculpture that the little girl is seeing in front of in, in the opening shot of the movie is a real sculpture. And traditionally you would need the sign off of the person yeah, who sculpted yeah. it. And Top, obviously
1: right. that's impossible when that person uh, is in North Korea somewhere. Well, and apparently North Korea doesn't understand the legal process. They just uh, retaliate by by hacking you, which Maybe, or, allegedly. Maybe, maybe it's North Korea. Maybe, maybe that's it the It's like a game of clue film. man. You yeah, don't know where it's, exactly it's gonna land. Out. It Point could be being, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> but I will say, you know, beyond that the speculation has been since the summer, because yes. they declared this movie, I believe, an act of war, is what is what the North Koreans said, or at least wrote to the UN, yeah. um, which I think it's the first movie that's historic, right? To be declared an actor was was Team America World Police declared that? I think you guys have one of. I don't think this <laughs> capacity. <so. laughs> no. And, um, and they they called you terrorists. How do you feel about perhaps there's they, some they, people? They called Seth a gangster filmmaker. Oh, that was the best one, honestly. A gangster. That I actually
3: really.
2: And liked. I take insult. I wasn't included in that. No, they do
3: not I'm clearly. They clearly respect the directing partnership less than anything. Yes. <laughs> well,
2: there has to be a supreme leader. Exactly. I don't even know. There's I feel only like both of us, us <laughs> like they can't comprehend that you're a team or we're a team. Someone's in charge.
3: I'm the gangster filmmaker. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was a little <laughs> surreal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect that degree of um, what I would hope is rhetoric um, to be thrown at us. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't, I guess, entirely surprising. Yeah, we
2: knew they'd say something, but we just thought they'd say we would disapprove yeah. of this film.
4: But again, what's so It, it seems th- like they that response was... Not coming from having seen the movie, yeah. just hearing the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I feel like, like who knows?
3: this is the weirdest thing to say. I feel like if they see the movie, maybe they would realize that it's not such a big deal. <laughs>
1: maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs>
3: maybe that. Maybe they'd have the opposite feeling. But it's so to me, it's, to us when we watch it, it's so like silly and like it. It seems weird that there's anything in it that you would take so
1: seriously. Maybe the know? scene where Kim Jong Un shoots him. It's just the guy in the asshole. In the butthole? Yeah. <laughs> that's where I was like, I hmm. opened so I was like, oh, this is great. It shouldn't be. And then I was like, hmm, maybe. Is ironic is a line that might have. Been Your butthole is like, uh, yeah. It the maybe, or, maybe he won't like that. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he'll be like,
2: maybe he'll be like, that was another zinger for me. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's the real story. He probably has it like on 15 different formats and screens. And we like to think that in his head it. he's just
2: like, you guys.
1: Right. You, you guys. got me. So got me. <laughs> And it's just like his his people that are that are a little upset, and he's just like Work. it's like us. Our agents get mad about shit that we're okay with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you show
3: up and you're like, what? I didn't ask for this fruit plate.
1: <laughs> Kim Jong Un's people believe anything he tells them, including he doesn't urinate and defecate.
4: You tell me, my man doesn't pee or
3: poo Everybody pees and poos otherwise he'd explode.
1: Like if you had a wager, a gamble, do you think he's he's seen it? Kim Jong Un seen the film? Just on top of your head. And does that make you? It's got to make you kind of
2: happy. If we, if we kept trying to guess what is happening, we'd yeah. all go crazy. Yeah, I have, no, I, just have the no clue. I have no idea. The truth is, I have no idea. Randall,
4: I mean, he comes off really well.
3: Yeah, for We, me, we went out of our, of our way me. to really try to make him. <laughs> To make him a three dimensional character, you yeah. know, to make him sympathetic and to explain where he's coming from and his backstory, we wanted him. He's he's very lovable at times in the movie. I mean, it's miles yeah. beyond
4: the depictions of anybody in like the Naked Gun series. Exactly, yes. Yeah.
3: Or he's Team America much, or something. Yeah, more yeah. More, yeah. if Team America is your benchmark, yeah. this is like yeah. uh, this is like
1: your your Jamie Fox and Ray <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> this is like a fluff piece of all fluff pieces. But I, I do think he'd, be, he'd this performance is Randall's performance is particularly great because it's almost like the secret private life of someone that's the most guarded, at least weirdest hermit kingdom exactly, in the world. Yeah. So a lot of that had to be interpreted, and it, it seems very realistic and on some levels. And
3: I mean, it was derived partially yeah. from stuff we read about him, and um, you know. Uh, his the family situation, you know, the things people believe about him, the cult of personality that is kind of created um, in North Korea. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it's just like, okay, like, here's, again, nothing is a fact because no one actually knows anything. Knowing that these may or may not be this person's attributes, how do you form this yeah. into a character
4: in a movie given, like, these benchmarks, mm-hmm. essentially? It's almost the way that, you know... Uh, the character, like Danny McBride's character in This Is The End works where yeah. it's like, it's like what do Danny's know the about sweetest guy yeah. but everyone that meets him on the street thinks he's like eastbound and down. Yeah, as, it is. It, yeah. It,
3: part of it is just really asking like what does the audience know about him? Yeah. They, they know... You know that it's weird over there. They know they it's you know also just that the
2: situa- like he's an upcoming leader who just took over. Yeah. a specific country with a specific reputation, and like, what would it be to be a man stuck in that situation, which is a difficult and insane situation that one could argue there is some ways to be sympathetic towards a guy with those issues, and that's kind of one of the things Randall cracked, I think, when he came in.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think you see it. Um... Well, he's a young leader as well, I think, is something that's that people don't take into account. He's inherited probably the most insane situation in the world. Yeah. Um, it, but you figure if he likes Dennis Rodman, and he likes basketball, I think there is a point to be made where he must like... American culture, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. so this, there has to be... Maybe, it's, it's, maybe he doesn't have a sense of pride given the nature of the movie, but, I mean, it's almost the best... It's like a roast or something. Maybe. I know, and that, I mean, part of me
3: would... Maybe think that's how he would interpret (laughs) it, I would hope. I hope so. (laughs) It's a great roast,
1: yeah. Were you worried at all that he was going to... Because up in the last few months, he's been reportedly unhealthy, eating too much Gouda cheese, broke his ankles or something like this. Were you worried that he might pass before the film was released?
3: I mean, it was... It was something we were aware we were there was definitely a conversation of like how would this affect the noise? Yeah,
1: when handling the rice in the strip operate with extreme caution even momentary flesh contact with the exposed strip is fatal. Okay. Dave needs to appear casual as he is transferred from his room to the broadcast facility It is critical that he keeps his hand open and touches nothing
4: uh, These guys <laughs>
1: Dave will bow to Kim, then shake his hand, immediately disposing of the strip in his jacket pocket, which will be lined with an absorbing agent that denatures the poison. Did this film result in you guys perhaps? not paying closer attention to world events, but maybe seeing, looking at things, maybe, like, what's under the surface of these things, you know? Um, can the world be, cope with these situations a little bit better with, with, with some comedy? Because I do think this is a pretty unique film in that way, that it really mm. plays, on, like you said, a realistic scenario and yeah. takes well, it to a different level.
4: What? I think, let me, let me set you guys up and you can yeah. finish. Like, I think, you know, one thing that Seth and Evan said to me... Um, it, it becomes a question of how much crap do you put into your material and how much you know serious um, stuff do you put into your material and and you know is there a way to balance it or what you know how do you how do you work that out because it seems like crap sells more you know more and you know in in certain areas and, and et cetera so um, and with this very movie b- by you know, nature of the subject matter and and the approach that they're taking they too are also although i think their you know previous movies are incredible you know movies but they might be perceived as kind of i don't know on the sillier comedy side so this is a movie that kind of takes one little step right. towards you know kind of a more serious uh, subject or concept i mean
3: i think we uh, like We're just, you aspire to do things that comedy can do, you know? And when you grow up watching stuff like Dr. Strangelove, and you watch shows like The Daily Show and South Park, and you see these comedians that are able to truly incorporate the real problems of the world and make them digestible in such a way where it's not only tolerable it's desirable to watch it and think about it i mean that i'm not saying we're doing that to the success that any of those things i just named are but i think that's the conversation that led to the movie in some degree but that being said our first and foremost priority is to be funny and i remember like watching that Kubrick documentary and someone's talking about Dr. Strangelove and they're like, yes, it's brilliant and it's a great satire and parody and it comments on all of the atrocities of war, but the only reason people still watch it is because it's really funny. And that is, like, a very good lesson. There's a lot of movies that equally articulate the horrors of war and the nuclear era of the 60s that just aren't funny, so you don't fucking watch them. And that, to us, was, like there was there could never be a moment where it was just like oh it's a political movie we're pushing this agenda we don't even have a political agenda honestly like we're we 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 read about politics and we're aware of it but like this movie is not trying to make anyone really think any certain thing it's just kind of meant to explore a certain some some ideas you know um and but first and foremost we wanted to make people laugh
4: it! you like it. But I think comedy is like a really the key element here for the the other reason that it's if you can make people laugh, you can also talk about certain things m- in a much more kind of palatable way. Well, know? like when we made 5050,
2: right? That was like a good lesson. Yeah. Well, that taught us that there's like a roller coaster, which in, the, in this is the end it was like horror and comedy and 5050 it was the cancer and comedy and in this it's politics and comedy where you can do some politics, but then you gotta break the ice and let people laugh again with a joke, and it, the tension kind of works. It gets them ready to laugh, and then you give it to them right when they want it.
3: And Fifty Fifty also showed us that we could make a movie about something very serious and make people very happy to watch it. Uh, you know, um, which you wouldn't normally, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to watch a movie about. Mm-hmm. A guy with yeah, cancer. And when yeah. someone
2: taking Fifty Fifty as an example gets cancer in real life you're not just sad the whole time like you laugh you're sad you're happy you're angry yeah. like laughter's part of everything and so it seems weird to me when there's just a drama with like no laughter
1: when Unless a... it's about something real sad yeah yeah that's that's not real life you know yeah. one note is not real life yeah. you need all those things and uh, doctor strange loves a great example it's almost like mm, hollywood in particular and when you sh- you know veer away from the daily show or talk shows that sort of art of satire has largely not been explored, I think, as much in recent times because the world is so serious, I yeah. think, now, and there's some serious shit happening. But, like like we were saying, I think it allows people to, to talk about things they wouldn't otherwise. And, I mean... Yeah. It, are you guys... Still moving in that direction? Should we expect to interview two with... No. We <laughs> and Evan were like, maybe we should stay away from politics for a few years. Yeah, like, we're going to do some comic yeah, books. Make a romantic some comedy. Yeah,
3: books. we're directing a pilot based on a comic book. It's, uh, I mean... As <laughs> far away from reality as... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as... <laughs> Honestly, it's just been a little stressful over the last few days. <laughs> and like
2: you only get so much with yeah. the public in every direction and I feel like we've pushed this one yeah. and I'm we're not done. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
3: yeah. People yeah. seem to yeah, people seem into it right now. Let's just leave, you know, let's I hope I hope they like it and it's been it's been it's been a lot to deal with, honestly, like emotionally and just kind of it's been draining, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah. we'll make a nice, silly, romantic movie next, maybe.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, gentlemen. Good to see you, brother. And I hope Thank you, man. I, I really, hope really you, you Thank know, survive till the premiere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Hold up.